Welcome to another episode of Pip Talk Podcast. Today we celebrate episode 21, here with the co-founder, the main man himself, all the way from South Pole, because I know it's cold over there. Chilly. How you doing, bro? Chilly. No, I'm doing good, bro. Good. There's a lot of snow right now in London. Heavy, heavy, heavy snow. Don't go outside if you don't need to. Yeah, it's a blizzard out there, I heard, guys, so be careful. Mm -hmm. Um, But today's episode is a good one. Like always, we come to celebrate and we come to educate. And yes, if sir. we can educate the masses, we can always leave with a smile on our faces because we know you guys will definitely be happy with the information we're sharing. Um, mm-hmm. And today's episode is quite a big one, Jay. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we've um, I know we've thought about the name for quite some time. We we had had a little back and forth off air to to decide if we call this yeah. or not. If, if we're going to get a target on our backs, <laughs> who knows? But, Blackboard. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but today's episode is is called um, Deception. Deception in banking, okay? And the reason why we've called it that, you've already seen this by the thumbnail, I I assume, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. You know the vibes? Mm -hmm. Lit side. Lit side. Um, But today's episode is deception in banking. And the reason why we wanted to cover this topic is because there's been quite a few things that's happened over the past few months. I mean, um, I know we was providing you guys with episodes uh, very frequently weekly you know when we was Mm. back in the studio in London and it was just unfortunate really that around those times there wasn't anything as mad as what's happening now because one of one of the biggest scams you could say that that's come to light recently is is a three-lettered company you know um we don't know if we're going to get blackboard for mentioning them but you know we're hopefully they don't uh, let me not even say it but but (laughs) FTX is the name of the company that we was talking about over the weekend, which actually uh, raised the idea of us talking about this subject uh, today. And what we wanted to actually just pretty much inform the unknown about is mm-hmm. the banks usually have um, two different agendas or the banks usually have a hidden agenda and, and a real agenda, right? Now, the bank's main priority, their main ob- agenda, objective is to take your money and to invest it elsewhere, right? That's their main objective. Behind closed doors, that is. They won't tell you that, but to them, that's their main objective, okay? But to their public objective, you could say, or their public agenda, you know, which we would call their deceptive agenda, is mm-hmm. to be a so-called safe place for your money. Now, when you speak to, if you were to go down the road today and speak to 100 uh, individuals on the street, and you'd ask them where's the safest place to put their money, you probably, I'm I'm banking on a high percentage, no pun intended, but I'm banking on a high percentage of people saying the bank's the safest place to put my money, right? And the reason why is probably because it's a large high street, it's a large building on the high street, been there for X amount of years, it's so safe, they, you know, they're not going to disappear overnight, are they? No, they're not. So because they're not going to disappear this surely must be the safest place to put my money. I yeah. can go there when I need to. I can collect mm-hmm. the money when I need it. Now, with that being said, okay, I always I always love when people mention silly, silly things like this. Or, yeah, let, let's, let's stay PG and say silly things because the reality of, of the banking sector is they don't need to disappear overnight for your money to no longer be available. The second right. you put your money into the bank, it's no longer yours. It's right. actually no longer yours. And before we go um, a bit further into into the depths of of the different deceptive devices the banks use, or mm-hmm. even just more about the banking sector, um, one of the biggest examples, if you're unaware of what the banks have done over the past 100 years, okay, I want to inform you that over the past 22 years, okay, so from 2001 to 2022, there was over 561 bank failures from the year 2001 to the current date of 2022. Now, what that means a bank failure is it means a bank losing the customer's money. And mm-hmm. this happened over 500, this happened from over 561 different banks. 561 bank failures, okay? So now, I don't know how many banks that was in total, but I know it was more than 15 banks. It said 15 plus when I actually checked the statistics. Okay, so what that says, I mean, what does that say to you, Jacob? It means that there's a blind faith amongst your average retailer in terms of everyone pooling their money and putting their money in what they deem 
what is deemed safe to the to the to the public and it didn't work out basically that's what it meant to me so banks need people to have a faith in the system for them to actually create a profit so when these things fail and and bailouts happen and stuff like that uh it's kind of swept under the rug in terms of there's always going to be an insurance for people to get paid out with a certain amount we've seen what is it right now eighty five thousand is insured in in a in a debit bank right now um so there's always going to be a policy but nonetheless it is deemed on a grand scale of failure so realistically are these systems that we're putting faith in trustworthy that's what you gotta ask yourself yeah and it's a really good question because when we look over the past 50 years or even the past 20 years let's look at a time period of whilst we've been alive, okay? If we look over the past 10 to 15 mm. years, we haven't yep. seen anything successful from the traditional banking sectors to believe in the banking sector moving forward. So mm -hmm. I guess that does merit what we call a a, a correction or, or a reset. You know, maybe we do move on to a, to a discussion of reset sometime right. soon, and I'm, I'm sure we'll cover that later on in this episode. But... Um, one of the biggest examples of the banks, you know, or of the UK banking system failing was in 2009, after the recession, there was an, uh, there was aid in, that came in two parts initial, there was an initial 50 billion pounds made available to big corporate borrowers, and a second undisclosed amount that formed a, uh, a form of insurance against banks suffering big losses. So there was this bank, um, HSBC, not HSBC, Halifax, um, partnered with the Royal Bank of Scotland, and they made this insurance bank. Okay, now, it's quite interesting because it was formed in 2001, and it uh, it became dysfunctional in 2009. Okay, mm -hmm. now, the government have undisclosed how much money they've given to this insurance company, right? But the insurance company was formed to stop the banks from suffering big losses. Mm -hmm. Now, the banks went bust in 2008, 2009, right? The banks went bust in 2007 to eight, the banks went bust uh, and there was a 50 billion pound um, payout to some of these banks, right? But this company was formed in 2001 to avoid what happened in 2008. So the company didn't really work. Mm because the company was formed to, for the banks to avoid making big losses. But what's actually happened is they've, they've, they've got a payout. Okay. The insurance company got a payout. And of course the taxpayers <clears throat> had to pay out. If you, if you guys can remember HSBC, Royal Bank of Scotland, um, I think Gordon Brown was the, was the prime minister back then. And chancellor, the tax, chancellor. chancellor, sorry. And yeah. the taxpayers <clears throat> had to pay their way to to resurface these these large institutional banks so again just another top example of how the banks you can look you can go from being in control of your money to out of control of your money and mm -hmm. you can go from just one day all it takes is one day northern rock's another example mm -hmm. people that are based up north they was pretty much was queuing up there was queues a truckload of queues outside the bank they were trying to get their money back what happened they just shut they they, they closed their um the shutters you know they closed the shutters they turned the cash point machines off or there's only a limited amount of money in the cash point you know an interesting in fact just it's very interesting right so um so as you know, Jacob, and for yeah. some of the listeners, you may not know that I'm based in Dubai. So we've got a lit capital in Dubai as well as in UK. And bro, the, the cash points machines over here, right? How much do you think the limit is of how much one individual person can take out? Mm, I know it's different in the Middle East. Uh, What, like a daily limit? Yeah. 200 pounds? What's that in Durham's though? 200 pounds so 200 pounds in dirhams would be like uh 200 pounds in dirhams come on Cavell, now's your chance all right what's a thousand dirhams 200 pounds in dirhams is like a thousand dirhams is that the limit <laughs> no well no. more or less it's more way more because the U okay what's the uk limit mm, either 300 or 500 Depends on your account, but three, three to five hundred yeah. is your max limit. You, you you, have you ever been it? No, I've never seen five hundred pounds. No, nah, certain accounts are five. Certain, certain account. Yeah, it depends on your account type, but mainly three hundred. 
Yeah, 300 sounds, yeah. sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Over here, you can withdraw 10,000 pounds. 10,000. From a cash point. From a cash point. 10,000 pounds. How big's the thing, bro? It's a normal cash point. 10,000 pounds. It just comes out, comes out, come, rolls out, rolls out, rolls out. That's no, it would just it would just come out in one go because I think but that's the, what I'm saying. How big is that shutter though? That must be massive. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, no. But what it is is uh, a thousand dirhams is two hundred and a, a thousand dirhams used to be two hundred and fifty pounds, so it could be two hundred and forty pounds. Ah, okay, right so yeah. because they've got large notes, do you get what I'm saying? They could oh, chuck okay, out maybe okay, okay. thirty a thousand dirham, a uh, thirty thousand dirham notes, for example, and that could 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 pretty much make up half of it. Let me uh see. Look, it's ten thousand pounds. It's forty five thousand dirhams. The machine okay. could definitely chuck out forty five notes, fifty notes, easily, easily. And why I mentioned that? Why I mentioned this is because what I've realized once I actually found this out was that there's a big difference to the financial wealth inside of the Middle East than, of course, to the UK, which we all yeah, know, right? Definitely. But, but what I understand even further is <clears throat> the machines are set to the economy, to the standard of the economy. Right. So but so the reason why the limit isn't higher in the UK because they know people on average don't have as much, which means that they wouldn't the cash machines, they wouldn't need to service more than that because this is the limit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And why I found that quite interesting is because that also does add to the fuel of you not being in control of your money. It adds to the fuel of there being a deception in banking because Mm -hmm. what we're told is, well, actually, you know, the reason why there isn't a, the reason why there's a limit is because if there was higher amount, no, all the money on the cash point would run out. You know, people wouldn't be able to get all of their funds because one person would have taken all of it. There's only a certain amount in the machine and we have to divide it by people. When you've got on the other end here, people can take out £10,000 each. Now, of course, £10,000 to an Arab might seem like £100, which is the reason why it's so small. But it also then does allow you to have more of your funds if you're here in Dubai, if you're here in the Middle East. You can actually draw more of your funds. Now... I kind of wanted to move into into what the banks do with our funds because this is a great mystery that I think mm-hmm. not a lot of people understand. And what we want to be able to do, especially on the podcast, on the, the lit cap, no cap, okay? The lit cap, no cap. Well, actually, this isn't a lit cap, no cap episode. This is a pip talk podcast. Excuse yeah, facts. Me, okay? But on a pip talk podcast, we do want to make sure that we can give you guys as much as value as possible. And fractional reserve banking is something that we discussed off air, which is mm-hmm. something that I think not a lot of um, investors or a lot of um, beginner investors or even just beginner uh, uh, traders, beginners who are in the in the midst of learning about investing are not aware of or even mm-hmm. have everyday average shows. Now, fractional reserve banking is a system in which only a fraction of the bank deposits are backed by actual cash in hand and mm-hmm. available for withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So this is done to theoretically expand the economy by freeing capital for lending. And, you know, today, most economies, financial systems use fractional reserve banking. So I'll give you an example. You've got uh, HSBC, just for example, would have a 10%, 10% fractional reserve banking. And what that would mean is only 10% of the capital, they only need to reserve 10% of the capital. So if they raised 10 billion, okay, they'd only need to, they'd only need to save 10%, 10% of that. Now that's a worrying number because that mm. begs the question, well, where does the rest of the money go to? 90% is a lot to just, you know, not be, have it having like a public eye on it to say, okay, we're using this with this, using this, we're using this. No one has an actual fact sheet of where the money has gone, which is dangerous. It yeah. is dangerous. Very dangerous. Now, um, I actually showed you an ecosystem picture that I found online, Jacob, which we mm-hmm. won't disclose on here because we don't know the creditors of of as to which who made the photo, but the ecosystem just pretty much shows you this full cycle of what the banks do. So you've got banks that are um, lending. Um, you've got banks that, of course, um, in terms of their transactional, uh, their transactional, um, 
their transactional values, okay, mm-hmm. they've got mm-hmm. different sectors. So they've got a marketplace because, of course, they need branches for their 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 buildings to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, they work in the retail department, ticketing, mm-hmm. payments, social department, payments, investment, trading, and of course, uh, transactions, P two P lending, mobile payments, cryptocurrency, crowdfunding. Um, customer retail uh, and of mm. course lending you know lending mm. is one of their biggest whether you're looking for a, a, a mortgage a mortgage <clears throat> whether you're looking loan. for a loan for home improvements whatever it may be you name it mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. guys have a presence and a system in place for all of these different fields so when we think about the 10 <clears throat> percent fractional reserve banking number 90 percent of your funds is now able to go into all of these different fields legally legally you know, that's very worrying. That's very worrying here. The ecosystem around customers will be built to cater to a range of customer needs beyond traditional banking services. Mm-hmm. Now, please understand this, right? You might have put £10,000 into your high street bank account. Uh, you've got yourself into a two-year fixed bond, okay, or a two-year fixed ISA, okay, at 3%, right, which means you're getting 1.5% per year, which to you sounds great, but really... It's a bunch of nonsense, okay? Mm-hmm. But, but but that's not what we're talking about. What we are talking about is now that you've locked away £10,000 of this bank, what the ecosystem is showing us is they can find other methods to sell you different investments or products, mm-hmm. okay? And the products that they sell you, okay, are pretty much based on the finances that they see that you can afford. And on top of that, okay, have you ever had um, an internet bank, um for example, I bank with a number of banks, Monzo being one of the internet banks I use. And um, every so often they they send me an email saying, hey, just to let you know, or, or, or a message through the app saying, hey, just to let you know, we can upgrade your uh, your your loan, rec- we can upgrade your overdraft, or yeah. we can provide you with a credit card, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not it's not things that I've applied for, but they're they're informing me of these things. And what they're really trying to do is they're trying to establish a line of credit. If they can establish a line of debt, because yeah, I'm a, if, I, if I need yeah, it's the wrong way around. They're establishing a line of debt. <laughs> but, but they're asking me, do I want to establish a line of credit? But the right. deception is really, do you want to establish a line of some debt? And of course, yeah. that's how they make their money. Because of course, we have to understand it's very important here as we're moving into the uh, the latter end of the year with uh, inflation being at an all time high. Um, uh, today I saw on Bloomberg it spoke about um, the kilowatt per hour is going up on average to two and a half thousand pounds inside of the UK it's very very important for us to be very smart or to at least be educated with understanding the options we have of our money and mm-hmm. that kind of leads us into um, the next part of, of, of the episode which is really um, led by yourself Jacob because I know <clears throat> you wanted to, to speak about if you know we was kind of on the cards of a reset and not mm-hmm. only if we were on the cards of a reset but there are so much different things that we could kind of uh talk about which is which is how the banks or or how organizations mm-hmm. emulate <laughs> a bank system yeah to allow investors to believe into their and to believe into their products or to believe into their their campaign you know one mm-hmm. One one business I I I could think of was crypto.com. Um and and I know of course you've still got uh that free letter company that you want to go into. So yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, so obviously we gotta kind of look at the the totality of the the current economic picture and the climate in general, right? And what we're noticing is times have definitely been harder. We've seen inflation rise, we've seen uh interest rates rise to trying to combat that, right? And that's a cut that's been the 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 objective for the year, right? Coming from the central banks, me and Val tune in all the time when our stream sessions saying, okay, what's what's Chairman Powell saying? What's Government of Bailey saying? They're all saying similar things, right? Regarding recessions could be coming and things like that, right? So if they're giving the warning signs, as well as other figures as well, where you've got guys like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk selling a whole heap of shares, right? We kind of got to look at it for what the picture is telling us, right? The economy as a whole, it's slowing down, it's shrinking. GDP is not is showing that we're not growing, right? So we're not in a thriving economy. So how this has a ripple effect in terms of is there is there potential for there to be a failure as we as we opened up the uh, podcast? Is there potential for there to be a total system collapse? 
potentially, I'm not going to say yes, but what we can kind of see with the signs that are um, being emulated from 2008, 2009, and we're going into a new a new uh, decade, of course, we can kind of see that there is a potential for that to happen. Okay, now, Vels mentioned fractal reserve, uh, fractal reserve banking, right? And what that basically entails. And as you can see, in terms of your money in this total figure is being used to fund loans, amongst other things, for profit. That's what banks do in terms of actually making profits, right? So when we're looking at some of these other companies that are kind of emulating that, and this leads to what the, the next topic is about, and we've seen what's happened with FTX, okay? They are kind of operated like a bank, right? The way they've lobbied people into believing that they are, on a grand scale, one of the people, and... Very believable, by the way, when you actually look yeah. into what the system was, right? We've seen crypto.com, we've seen Coinbase, we've seen Binance, you've seen these head figures of platforms leading the crypto space. FTX are right up there, okay? They had yeah. sponsors in UFC. They had sponsors everywhere. They had sponsors, like, well-named and, 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 and people that, if you're going to get sponsors in UFC, that means you're dealing with head figures at UFC. It's not a wimpy thing where you could just be like, oh, yeah, let me, let me throw that in there and see if... Um, See if I can get something from it or gain from it. You're actually so the funds are being used to lobby in in the right people's faces and actually get people aboard amongst politicians. We're not going to go too in depth with that because obviously it's a it's not black and white and it's not really the factual print footprint for you to follow to say, oh, politicians, this politician or that politician was actually taking the funds, but. There are queries into where some of those customer funds off the FTX platform were being invested. Some of them were obviously to kind of overcome the regulations that are supposed to be in place within the crypto space. Otherwise, how is everyone's how have customers lost out on a grand scale? Yeah. That's, that's that's that is classed as a failure. So where we look back at history, not saying FTX was a bank, but they definitely operated in the bank in terms of the defaulting of of the actual platform. Now, the actual head guy, he's still, he's not in jail. So that, that lets you know that there's some type of legality here that he's found a loophole with. How is that um, possible? Exactly. That's what, what you joke? have to ask. How is it possible? Because if there's regulations in place and if you're a CEO, me and Vel, we're CEO. So we understand we have a due diligence as, as head of the company to kind of say, okay, this needs to be in place. We've got to file this properly. We've got to, we've got to have a trail of what we're doing as a business. Yeah. So whether they had a trail in terms of it was actually being done diligently, I don't know. I've, I I I kind of I don't know if you saw um the interview that guy had. I forgot his um I forgot who he had the interview with Sam Bankman. He done an interview anyway. It's like twenty minutes long, mm. and when he was being asked these questions. You could see him thinking in his head about the answers. I was like, wow, like this guy was the head of a big, big platform such as FTX. And he was able to somehow Get worm his way in or fool yeah. his way into thinking that, okay, maybe he's like a Mark Zuckerberg or something like that. Cause he's a bit nerdy, like not, not yeah. to, you know, diss him, but he comes across like that. So it's like, oh, okay, so maybe he's just one of those low key guys who's like a tech nerd or whatever it may be. Yeah. But it's, that's far from the truth. When you actually yeah. clock who he is as a person and what he was about and some of the answers he was given, I'm like, how is this guy in control? Yeah. And how has he gained such a popularity to make people, and not yeah. just people, institutions believe yeah. that he's he's good for it? Do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? That's that's the I, thing where... Yeah, go on, bro. I was seeing him on, um, mm. on Bloomberg quite often. You know, he's crazy, crazy Bloomberg interviews. And exactly. It just, it just goes to show you, man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You get yourself a little clout and that's it. But that's the thing. But it's it's not even just clout because he's obviously gained credibility somewhere along the line. Otherwise, yeah. how have you lasted this long? Do you yeah. get what I mean? It's not yeah. like you've been flushed out. You, yeah. was, you was looking at the guy like you're here to stay. A lot yeah. of people or, or prominent figures who are um, in the crypto space or whatever, they probably lost out on some of, some of their money in regards to just leaving money on this platform. Now, yeah. we've yeah, obviously course. always emphasized um, security. We've always emphasized owning your keys, not having your, your main portfolio on a platform. If you're not trading those funds, get mm. off the platform due to things like this happening. Now, I don't know how many times we've mentioned it, though. It's at least over five times on the podcast. Where yeah, we no, said, for sure. Bro, if you don't own it, 
You don't, yeah. if you have it on a platform, excuse me, you don't own it. So you need to get that off. So this is obviously another episode of that. And it's kind of a recurring theme where it's like, are people going to learn their lesson? But I understand how people could have been bamboozled because they were so, they were such a prominent platform. Yeah. You get what I mean? It wasn't new and up and coming. They established themselves. Same with like crypto.com. They're a prominent platform. You bought the rights to the Staples Center. That's yeah. a lot of money. It's an over 700 million that they spent yeah. to do that. So yeah. it goes to show you again that they are kind of emulating what fractal reserve banking is because where are you getting the money for that? Yeah, and I feel like they're also mm. doing it in a way where, in a way where it's unbeknown to to the to the mm-hmm. to the investor who doesn't like the traditional system. For right. instance, yeah, but you know, you've got crypto enthusiasts who invest into crypto because they mm-hmm. believe that they're you know, putting their middle finger up to the banks and buying right. back freedom, right? But right, then right. the crypto sides, the crypto platforms start to introduce uh, staking, mm-hmm. uh, which really, if you think about it, staking is you putting your money, putting your coins into a yep. pot, locking it away for a certain amount of time and getting API. Yeah, interest. Yep. yeah getting, a, getting a rate of return over, mm-hmm. you know, basis of a year or so. And, you know, I was speaking with one of our students, um, uh, one of our students, one of our members of the community, I was speaking with him the other day, last week, and he has been staking for quite some time. And he's really enthusiastic about staking. And mm. one of the most interesting things that I heard him say was, look, they're giving me 4% over the space of two years. Uh, 4% over, two, yeah, 4%. I th- no, it's 4% a year. If I hold it for 8 to 16 months, I get it for, I get it for 12, I get it for 4%. But the longer I hold it for, the more interest they're going to give me back. So I'm looking to buy some more coins right now so I can put it in there and get more back. And yeah, dangerous. When I heard him saying this it, <laughs> to me. I was like, well, if I was the bank and I gave you a call and I said to you, I'll offer you the exact same thing, but from the bank, would you do it? And he said, no, he wouldn't. He said, why? He said, because 4% ain't nothing. Rate of inflation is 10%. Why the hell would I want to get 4%? But you've just told me you're happy now to get 4% through this crypto platform, which I won't name, but because you ain't sponsored us to name you, okay? <laughs> but, you know, he's happy to put his money through the crypto platform and yeah. get pretty much the same or similar result. And right. it's, it's a similar outcome. It's the same outcome, right? It's, right. Not, the same, it's not the same interest because you're not going to get what cryptos... Cryptos will provide... These staking platforms will provide you with more of a return than the banks will. But it's still yeah. the same. It's the same function. Same process. Yeah. They're still taking your funds and invest- mm-hmm. investing it elsewhere. And the reason why I mentioned that is just because you you mentioned um, the crypto arena. You know, the crypto.com. They they bought the LA. Was it the LA? Staples Center. Yeah. The so Staples it's Lakers Center. and Clippers. Clippers uh, basketball stadium. For seven hundred million. Now, my question is: Do you think that they that the seven hundred million dollars that they found they mm-hmm. acquired through through fees? <laughs> Yeah. You know, through fees of different people exchanging cryptos. I don't think mm-hmm. so. $700 million, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, definitely. It's a lot of money. So I think it's very similar to uh, to uh, to SBF, you know, to, to FTX's mm-hmm. is acquisitions when they've purchased all of these, you know, properties and investments, etc. But 100%. I, think, I think, of course, the outlook that Crypto.com had was, you know, very different to, to FTX. And I, I, in, in the aspect of you know, purchasing an arena and making, they, they obviously must get some type of returns now when the arena is used, surely. A hundred percent, for sure. You know? Yeah, so definitely. I think that that transaction was a lot much more uh, valuable. I think that transaction, mm-hmm. you know, made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And I think when we compare, when we compare, um, you know, FTX's business decisions, it seems mm-hmm. like it was, you know, based on, based on a retirement fund program, you know, his definitely. family, his family buying properties, out in Bahamas, it's crazy. Out in Bahamas, it 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 really was crazy to say mm-hmm. the least. But mm-hmm. it, it doesn't take away the fact that if you're looking at staking, staking is the exact same thing as mm-hmm. walking into the bank, giving the bank your money, and mm-hmm. allowing the bank to have your funds. Now, there's been some yep. horror stories with these staking platforms. There's been mm-hmm. a story where um uh it was called Celius. 
because uh, I know they're going bust now. Okay, so hold tight, Celius. Celius, what they done was they they was uh, uh so, oh wait no what Celsius 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 my bad Celsius yeah, yeah. yeah. I was baffled Cel- but yeah go on Celsius <laughs> <laughs> big up Celsius yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah they're another one it's another it's another example but yeah what what people are missing as well with it is that the stake I don't know what the percentage they was offering on their platform I can't I can't say yeah. I remember it but it it goes to show you that. In a system, and, and use logic as well, right? Me and Vel are traded, right? So we can understand and analyze a chart. Yeah. We've been in a bear market for over a year in the crypto space. So yeah. the amount of money that's being spent, if you're if you're now saying you're locking your money away from a staking perspective, how are you making money? Furthermore, how is the platform making money that you're lending your assets to if we're yeah. continuing to tank? Yeah. It does not make sense. From from a, yeah. from a normal, intelligent logical thinking perspective if something is going down in value why would you lock it away that means as it's going down in value you cannot actually get hold of it and access it to actually potentially sell it or do what you want with it in 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 grand scheme of things right so platforms like celsius platforms like crypto.com that offer all of the staking ftx offered all of the staking pulled your funds there right we're in a bear market so how are all of these transactions still happening even though that your your money that is um that is being used for a loan, let's let's not even call it staking. Let's call it a loan. You're loaning the platform money, right? That is the same in essence to what a bank does when you deposit your money in a savings account or whatever it may be. It is the same method. Ten percent will stay there, right? The other ninety percent, where is it going? Crypto is even more unregulated than banks, by the way. So they probably don't have to um go through as much paperwork in terms of where the funds is going. Hence why we've seen what is going on with FTX when there's allegations of uh, political parties being paid off to um, not represent, but basically shine a good light on what FTX is. I can't remember that guy's name. Um, what's the guy that's on the, the Dragon's Den? The American guy. Oh, he had like a bald head, man. I forgot his name. But he was the one that was basically... Rishi Sunak. Um, no, 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 not Rishi. He was... <laughs> the white guy is America. I forgot his name, but he was one of the guys where he was like FT. He was like pro FTX, pro FTX. Mm. Now that this 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 scandal happened, oh, he's nowhere he's to be about... seen. Do you know yeah, what I'm talking about? I forgot his name. About... Like he's nowhere to be seen. He hasn't yeah. said a word about it. So it's like, okay, was you under? Was you on the payroll? Like, what was that mm. about then? Do you he's, know what I mean? He's been trying to get his money back. He ain't getting his money, yeah. but his money's gone. You get yeah, it? Along course. with all the other customers, your money's gone. So yeah. so there's 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 a lot of prominent figures, you know, who you would look at as, yeah, like if he says so, it could definitely influence yeah. your decision to then run, yeah. run with it. So that it's like, true. okay, okay. So you can understand the trail of money because I can't remember what was my man's net worth. Wasn't it like 20 billion or something? Yeah. SBF isn't his net worth like twenty? He's worth like hundred k now. Something. Oh no, I, th- I think it was more than twenty. I think it's it like, was. I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. But just just in the scheme of like seeing what we've 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 um the the fall of the platform, right? And there's probably more to come. By the way, we're not saying this mm. is probably going to stop here. There's probably a few more platforms that again can't emphasize enough, guys. Get yeah, if you're not staking and you can actually get hold of your assets, what you still got them on the platform for? Tell mm. me. Tell me what benefit you have because you're too lazy to buy a cold wallet. That's not good enough. It's not good mm-hmm. enough. So moving forward, obviously, so we've seen how FTX is, has gone down the drain, right? And we believe that this could that could have been a process for them to actually start implementing what we think is coming into play sometime soon. Within 2023, we'll probably hear a lot more about it, is central bank digital currencies, right? So. Yeah. That is a digital currency, totally digitalized, where every transaction is going to be able to be seen clearly on a blockchain platform. And there's no hiding where it is your money is going or what you're saying you're doing with it. Right. So we're technically under surveillance in terms of a transaction perspective. We're kind of under surveillance now, but there's so many people doing what they're doing that they, they can't do it. It's not as it's not as clear as day to actually channel or funnel where the money is going. A digital mm. central bank digital currency can, gets wipes all of that out. Yeah. It's pure. It's it's nothing but clarity, right? And it's and it's a surveillance that I don't think people are aware of in terms of actually wanting to be 
uh, happy with 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 disclosing certain things that they're purchasing, right? So when we have to look at the picture of how the how the economy is doing overall and what is being pushed in the fundamental and the news perspective, right? Mm-hmm. This is a real possibility sometime soon for us to actually roll out. Rishi Sunak, as you mentioned, bro, he's mentioned this before. Yeah. And he's a, he's an advocate for crypto, right? So that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be an advocate for what we class as crypto, which is decentralized, right? Yeah. He could be an advocate for centralized crypto. Now, that isn't what we're standing for. That isn't the value that we see in cryptocurrency space. We don't look at central bank digital currencies as that's the move. That's the asset, right? We're not looking at it like that. We're looking at own ownership. How do you own something if it's still under a central bank? You don't. Yeah. It's a it's a new finance system. But in order for them to implement it, right, we're gonna have to see something like what's happened with FTX happen on a grand a greater scale. We're talking about the financial system as we know it being rug pulled, right? Now that sounds crazy to some. They're gonna be like, that will never happen. There's there's too many things that that um could prevent being, it from happening that, that are going to be prevented. But how many things did Vel, did me and Bell just list off that have happened over the years? Yeah. So it, it leads back to that blind faith that the 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 normal citizen having that blind faith of believing in the system because that's all you know and that's okay if that's all you know and that's all you believe in that is okay. But then, is it real assets? Are you believing in leveraged assets or are you believing in real assets? Things that are actually worth value in this world now. That moves on to how we can potentially shield ourselves from what could could become in the years to come, right? Whether it's next year, I'm sure it's going to start from next year, got and then and then trans uh, digress into the year year next and the year after that, right? But we need to start thinking about tangible tangible assets, guys. Yeah, tangible assets. Now, what does that mean? Physical assets is what we're talking about. How many of us own gold? How many of us own silver? How many have physical assets? Or how many people only have leveraged assets? Majority only have leveraged assets. Now, yeah. what's a leveraged asset? A mortgage. That's that's a debt, right? Um, staking. That's a debt. And that's, that's under false pretenses, right? How many assets do we really <clears throat> physically own? Not enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? We all got gold chains and stuff, but we need it by the, we need it by the weight. We need it by the kilo. Yeah. Because if you can't move forward into this new banking system because you've attained, you don't know what, what the, the actual transcript is going to be of how they basically look at you as a citizen when it comes to giving you your, your digital profile. We don't know how that's going to go, right? So if we don't know that how that's going to go, we have to position ourselves with physical assets, things where this is going to be accepted worldwide, globally, it doesn't matter, okay? You could go to Dubai where Vel is, with your kilo of gold, and they're not going to turn you down. You could be in Saudi Arabia, they're not going to turn you down. You could be in England, they're not going to turn you down. Globally, right? Yeah. These are assets from way back when, we're talking about when bartering days was in, in effect. Gold and silver has been about since then. These are assets that are worldwide known, like they're not being taught, they're not being turned down. The value of it, because it's a fine, uh, precious metal, Right. Once there's once all of the metal is actually here on Earth, there's none being created. Mm-hmm. That is an asset, right? Finite assets is is what you kind of want. Same with how people are running with the Bitcoin scheme. There's only 21 million Bitcoin. Once <laughs> that's here, yeah, we're good. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, bro, how's that going? Like, that's not yeah. really working out so far, <laughs> is it? Do you know what I mean? A lot of people are, are leveraged at 68,000. Where yeah. are we now? So, yeah. so you have to really be able to understand the difference, guys, in terms of tangible assets and the blind faith that you hold in terms of specific assets. There's a total difference here. Yeah. The new finance system, if we go into it, and I'm not saying it's going to happen anytime soon, but the signs are there, right? Whether we survive another recession, I don't think so. I don't think we're going to survive it from yeah. from a from a from the from the system that we're in place right now. I don't think it's going to survive. I don't think. The amount of things that uh, you can kind of look to in terms of the bonds, um, uh, what the central bank actual outlook is so far and things like that. I think we need to go back to a bit more of a simpler way of of, of, of analyzing our portfolio and adding physical assets into it. Not enough people own these things. And I think it's something that's being overlooked 
in the sense of, oh, okay, I could just leverage this and that's going to yield me this in X amount of years. That, yeah. I believe, is going to be done sooner or later. I don't think you're going to be able to do that forever. So yeah. that's that's my thoughts on it, Bill. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, you know, it doesn't hurt. I mean, for those of you who are smart and shrewd, I definitely know you guys will have some assets of your own already. Um, right. A couple of years ago, I believe before lockdown, I think it was, we shared um, some news resources, uh, some websites where you guys could purchase physical, um, tangible assets, uh, gold yep. or silver, bronze, uh, any type of metals, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, I've been purchasing silver coins for quite some time now, just mm -hmm. stockpiling here and there. Um, I developed a, a strategy which was 10% um, of the funds that I would make through trading, I would just use to purchase silver coins. And mm -hmm. um, the, the, the only annoying thing is if you're in UK, um, you know, you've got to pay the importation tax. But of course, at the end of the day, uh, the asset is worth the asset is really uh, invaluable. And mm -hmm. the reason why is because, in my personal opinion, if we fall into an economic catastrophe where the financial system gets um, wiped out, then, you know, the silver coins that you may have purchased for, let's say, £10 a gram, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's now invaluable. You can't put a price on how much that's worth to you because, mm -hmm. in actual fact, it's it's, it's going to be worth more than the, than the bank, than the, than the financial system that yeah. just got wiped out. So, mm -hmm. you know, stockpiling your, your, um, stockpiling your, your portfolio is, is important. And I think over the next six to 12 months, um, definitely put yourself in a position guys for all the listeners out there to start mm -hmm. purchasing some silver, purchase some gold. Uh, if you, if you know, silver is a lot more cheaper than gold. So, so it means that there's a, in my personal opinion, there's more capital appreciation for silver as opposed to gold. But right. nonetheless, if you're looking to have, you know, your foot in both pies and the only advice that we could give you that makes sense is to actually purchase one of these assets to actually put yourself in the game. You know, only until I purchased silver did I actually become more interested in the price of silver or in actually uh, in, in the silver market, what's happening mm -hmm. globally. And, you know, I think it's quite natural with um, with with the way the mind works. Once you're invested into something, you then tend to, you know, pay a bit, a bit more interest in, in what's actually happening. But of I think what you just mentioned about how there being a financial, uh, how there being a disaster to come and, and how you don't think we're going to recover from the next recession. Yeah. I think this recession is being built up so that we don't recover, because I believe, mm -hmm. as I've said before, um, in order for them to provide us with a with a solution, solution. they need to create a problem, and that problem needs to be so big that we all everyone think, has to be on board yeah, because you, all, they, they they have to hold you to ransom. Where it's like I don't really have a choice; I have to yeah. accept it. I have yeah. a choice. All my assets is tied up here or in yeah. in the old system, yeah. which no longer is of the same uh, uh, wealth or value. Yeah. So, so here you go, mate. Here's a new ticket. That's how it has yeah. to be. Otherwise, people are not going to go for it. Exactly. Uh, perfectly said. So I, I do think that, you know, especially even when you look at where the pound's currently at, at the moment, I think the pound's mm -hmm. sitting at around 122. Yeah. Uh, you know, the pound's sitting at around 122. You've got gold. Gold's sitting at around one, uh, 1787. I think the way we're going, especially with the, the the majors market right now, is that there isn't a recovery for mm. for for these currencies. I don't think the pound will recover back to the heights of one thirty above and beyond. I I think really right now we're kind of we're 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 on our way out, but that's not to say we haven't got another years left or maybe two years left worth of yeah, trading. Exactly. But yeah, I think yeah, yeah. we are on our way out. I think we're we're in the shutdown phase right now. So exactly. I believe um even this week, I know we've got quite a big week, um quite a big week in the in the economical um in the economical calendar. Yeah. I, I know this it's quite a big week for the data to be released. Uh, tomorrow there's the uh, CPI for the dollar, and you've got the uh, governor Bailey speaking as well for the British pound for the Bank of mm -hmm. England. Uh, Wednesday, you've got CPI for the pound. You've then also got uh, the Fed who are releasing their interest rate um, this yeah. Wednesday. So that should be uh, very interesting. You've got the crude oil inventories. And there's also been a lot of um, there's been a lot of uh, tension at the moment between Saudi and America due to China flying into Saudi to collaborate. And of course, um, Saudi actually said that they was going to decrease the amount of oil um 
the amount of oil they was doing on a daily basis, they was going to decrease, I think it was by 10 million barrels a day. So that kind of caused a bit of flick, uh, mm. uh, confliction between um, the States and and Saudi. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, of course, when we have the in inventories check on Wednesday. Um, and then on Thursday, we've also got the Bank of England interest rate. So that's going to be very interesting. There's yep. a there's an EU summers, uh, summers um there's an EU leader summit, excuse me, taking place on Thursday as well. Um, and of course, the EU also have their interest rate decision. So we've got the pound interest rate on Thursday. Mm -hmm. An hour later, we've got the uh, European Union's interest rate being released. And then after that, we've also got the initial jobless claims from, um, from US. The, the US. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really a big, important news week. orientated for sure. Exactly. But again... Sorry to cut you, bro, but inflation, interest rate. Right now, it's hand in hand. It goes like this, right? That is the that is what the central bank figures are all talking about. How are we curbing inflation? How they're trying to do it is by raising the interest rates. We'll probably get another rate hike. Yeah. That, does that mean inflation is going to be curved? We haven't seen it. How many they've been hiking rates for months? Yeah. What has actually happened from from a perspective of inflation going down? I ain't seen it. There's no change. Everyone in England. You might not notice it, though, but everyone in England, they all want pay rises because they've yeah. had enough. Yeah, right? I see there with this potential Christmas strikes coming out, right? There's a, the Royal Mail was striking. The, yeah. the Royal Mail CEO put out um, over the weekend, they're going to be delivering less mail so that they don't have to give them the pay rise. It's ridiculous. Less That's mail. how they're, they're <laughs> going to be delivering less mail because they're not giving the pay rises. That's what's happening over this Christmas period. So, again... Wow. These are all signs, guys, that are basically saying, right, like read in between the lines here. Like if they're not willing to do this because and they would rather a slower service, what does that tell you about what they think about the projections of next year? Mm. That tells you a lot. And that's not just Royal Mail doing it. We've seen Twitter, 11,000 jobs cut. Amazon are going to follow suit. Facebook are going to follow suit. Why is this happening? Yeah. There's a, there is something big brewing here. We have to actually yeah. look at what is going on and understand that the economy is not equipped for the amount of um, uh, failure, I believe, which is actually upon us. I don't yeah. think we're equipped for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. And I, and I think I think time will tell because, of course, we are starting to see um, the reflection of the uncertainty inside of the stock market, which is something that we that we always like to um, go over on a daily basis. And of course, with today being Monday, it's not the day where we're actually on the charts, but we can never help but keep your eyes and ears open to actually seeing what's happening. But I think um, for today's episode, we've covered enough for you guys to take away and put some uh, put a pen to paper and actually build an action plan because it's very important now with, with today being the 12th of December, uh, you guys have still got ample time to start to think about to start to think about how you can develop a new system for the year. Okay. And that mm -hmm. new system is implementing the purchase of assets. Purchasing assets can only assets. you know, real as tangible assets, silver or gold here, more specifically. I'm not asking you to go out there. And, I'm not telling you to buy anything. Okay, number one. But what I am <laughs> what I am saying is you definitely need to think about implementing some silver or gold into your portfolio because there may come a time sometime soon or sometime in the distant future where those assets that you make that the there may come a time in the future where the decision you made today is going to benefit your future for tomorrow. So guys, um, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pip Talk Podcast. This has been mm -hmm. episode number 21. Uh, we will be back with another episode throughout the week, hitting you guys very hard and fast, coming at your screens. Um, pause. Coming at your screens hard and fast <laughs> before Christmas and then before the new year as well. So we'll aim to provide you guys with as much as value as we possibly can. And of course, we love the feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know where you think we can improve. And if there's any topics or discussions that you guys want, mm -hmm. uh, let us know. And what we will be doing, because I've had a few requests from inside of our community, is we will be providing a live um we will be providing a live Pip Talk podcast. So what we'll do is we'll give a chance, if you're a member of our community or if you want to be on one of our live um, 
our live Pip Talk podcast, all you simply need to do is purchase our community access so you can get access to our community. And we will be hosting the call through our community, but of course, projecting it onto the big screen, allowing you guys to watch it on all major streaming platforms. So if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to smash the like button and subscribe. And of course, if you're uh, listening to us via Spotify or Apple, still smash the like button. Let us know your thoughts, comments, always appreciated. Um, and always valued guys thank you so this is the time of course uh, where we do announce what we have going on uh, for the future and of course we've got Jacob here pretty pretty silent pretty silent so maybe he doesn't want to let go of the surprise just yet so we'll let go (laughs) we'll let go of the surprise next episode um, so as always, guys, if you're thinking about learning about trading, if you're thinking about learning about investments and you'd like to get into the world of understanding the financial markets, visit our website. OK, we're doing a 30 percent sale right now, a litmus mm-hmm. sale. Litmus and it is sale. lit. It's very lit, guys. OK, take advantage of the litmus sale, 30 percent off on all products and services. And what this means is very simply, we're going to be helping you guys understand and learn not just the financial markets, but mm-hmm. about global economics as well. You okay. guys will have a strong understanding on how everyday events can affect the financial markets and how you guys can financially capitalize from that. So this is not just about here learning about how to look at a chart or a screen. This is about learning how to use the everyday modern day news events and changing those ideas or changing those events or changing our reality into money utilizing the talents that we have because we're watching or we're listening right now through 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 technology it's about using the technology modern day technology to our advantage guys and making sure we can generate another source of income so if you mm-hmm. want to generate another source of income if you want to just have a conversation with myself you can find me at institutional uh you can find me at litcap underscore vel um and if you want to have a conversation where's my promo if you want to have a conversation, <laughs> if you want to have a conversation with Jacob, you can find yeah. him at institutional underscore J. Okay. Um, our profiles are there for you, but more importantly, guys, the website is there for you guys. If you want, um, if you want us to call you back, if you want to have a look at how we can benefit yourself or speak to one of our members of our sales team, simply get over to the website, fill out the details. And also the last thing that I'm going to say, guys, is our newsletters. We're sending out some really insightful newsletters right now. So if you do want to be a part of the mailing list, simply send us an email uh, at support at litcapital.co.uk and just ask to join our mailing list. Or if you head over to our social platforms, you can click the link tree link in our bio. And it does say that you can subscribe to our mailing list. Um, So there you have it, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. Always remember. Every day is... It's money day. Peace.